Hello, this is Kurt from Manah Christian Ohana with the midweek message for April 7, 2021. My topic is the first Christians from chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Acts. When Jesus was arrested by the Jewish authorities, his followers must have been shocked and stunned. They had followed him as a band of brothers and sisters for three years and suddenly it all fell apart. First, they had been hit with the betrayal of one of their own, Judas Iscariot, who sold out their Lord for 30 silver coins. Then they went through the horror of the arrest, trial, and execution of Christ. So they'd been hit by a, a, a two hard blows. But while they were still mourning the death of Christ, everything changed yet again. The sorrow they felt at his death turned into joy on the morning of resurrection. At this point, the followers of Jesus numbered, oh, about 120 people, and they met in their homes or in small groups. Some believed he would still be the leader who, who kicked the hated Romans out of Israel. Uh, others may have hoped for that at first, but now they realized the events were going in a very different direction. To be sure, the followers of Christ were a bit lost without their leader and their Lord after the, the crucifixion. As followers, they had been living and traveling with Jesus throughout Israel, but that traveling ministry had ended with his arrest and his crucifixion. Now they had nothing other than perhaps some hope to fill the void, and hope had come alive, of course, because Jesus had come back from the dead. Acts 1-3 through After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The followers clung to each other and they simply waited for another visit for him, a word, a gesture, something, anything. Yet they still failed to understand his mission. Though they thought of Jesus as their teacher and their leader, they still failed to grasp and understand his primary mission on earth. He had not come to rule an earthly kingdom, such as the kingdom of Israel. He came to rule a spiritual and eternal kingdom. He came to restore believers to a relationship with God the Father in heaven. One day during the 40-year period between Easter and Ascension, Jesus joined the disciples and broke bread with them. He told them they would soon receive the Holy Spirit, but then the disciples came up with a real head-scratcher to me. By the question they asked, we can see that they still had very limited understanding of him and his mission. Acts 1, 4-6. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? This question showed how limited their thinking was. Acts 1, 7 through 9. Fortunately, while Jesus was very understanding, Acts 1, 7 through 9 says this. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem 
and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth in Ka'u. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. He was taken up right in front of their eyes to heaven. Can you imagine what went through their minds as they turned to each other? What happened? In a long string of amazing events they had seen with Jesus, this was perhaps the most shocking. Though they were shocked, I imagine they were also a bit deflated. I mean, they might have asked, what do we do now? Where should we go? Fortunately, he had at least covered the last question about the only certainty they had was his command to remain in Jerusalem for a few days until the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a wind, a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were, where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples on Pentecost, that's when our church began. They were the first body of Christian believers, the first Christians. And they were a growing body of believers in Jesus Christ. Though the name Christian would not actually come into common usage for 15 or 20 years, we can look to that moment on the streets of Jerusalem when the Christian church began. It started on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave and 10 days after ascension. In his message, on that day of Pentecost, when Peter walked out into the street and began talking, he gave us the first gospel message, really from anyone other than Jesus. He made it clear that he and the other disciples followed Jesus Christ. Acts 2, 32 and 33. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. He's poured out what you now see and hear, what you see and hear. Many of the early believers knew Jesus personally, of course. They'd been with him. Others had heard of him, and they could hear firsthand accounts of Jesus from those disciples and other followers who had traveled with him. I was talking about this concept with my wife, Claire, and she reminded me of a Bible verse which covers this. Jesus was speaking to the disciple we now know as Doubting Thomas. When the other disciples told Thomas they had seen Jesus, he had said he wouldn't believe until he saw the marks of crucifixion on Jesus. So Jesus appeared to Thomas and the other disciples, and he actually showed the marks to Thomas, who then believed. But Jesus also made this statement to Thomas, which we find in John chapter 20, verse 29. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now we belong, as my wife pointed out, we belong to the second group of believers who did not know Jesus when he walked the earth. But though we have not seen him physically, we still believe. Now we have advantages the early believers did not have. We, we can read the four Gospels. 
we can read the book of Acts and we can hear about everything that happened. You know, we can we can read the words of Jesus over and over again if we want. And we can learn from the successes and mistakes that we see believers have made in the Bible. But like us, the faith of the first Christians was personal. Once the Holy Spirit touched them, they realized they had no allegiance to doctrines or buildings or even the kingdom of Israel, but rather their allegiance was to the king of all kings. On the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke to the crowd who gathered around him, and he made this point very clearly. He said in Acts 2, 38 through 41, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourself, yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000. What can we gain by studying the first Christians? They learned to live without his daily physical presence, and we do too. We live without his daily physical presence. The early believers were clear on one thing, though. Even though he had ascended to heaven, their relationship was still with Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And God lives, Jesus lives today at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he intercedes for us. Now, we know that someday he'll come to lead us home. And just like the first Christians, we, have, we put our faith in that. But our mission and our purpose is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So today and tomorrow and every day, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In his name we say, Amen.